Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Familiar cast on the show, myself and Michael Gray on the Sebi Podcast radio show that's bringing brought to you live on Spotify, iTunes, and live across locally in the Central Florida area. It's the best time of the year, Mike. It has to be, right? It's fall. The NFL season's right around the corner. The college game is right around the corner. And fall happens to be my favorite season, personally. Uh, what's going on, my man? Nothing much, man. It's a great day. Just got off work. I had a great day today. And you're absolutely right. This is the best time of the year because the, the offseason, you know, the NBA players, the NFL players, all the players are training ready for this upcoming season and you know with all the moves that are being made i can only imagine how uh how the leagues are feeling right now because competition is back on both sides nfl and in the nba so i, I know i know for a fact it's, it's a great off season and this is a great time right now absolutely it's a great time for a lot of fans across the u.s and you know even if you're just a sports fan overall um speaking of sports fan there's a lot of news that's going on. Probably the biggest news of them all, Mike, is the opening of training camp. Uh, there's been reported that after this Friday, all 32 teams would have been reported to mandatory mandatory training camp uh, in this upcoming weekend. And speaking of mandatory training camp, there are a lot of players, actually, that are holding out You know the names of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Melvin Gordon and others uh, to you when when training camp starts uh, among those guys that we talk about who's more intriguing to you that you think that should get their money and really deserve their money I think there's a couple to be honest with you obviously I've been very high on Yannick Ngakwe the, you know the entire time talking about him how he deserves to get paid you know this is a guy who combined for his first three seasons in the NFL average, uh, had, had combined put up over t- uh, 29 and a half sacks and it's, it's special what he's been able to do. He's been disruptive, not only in the passing game, but in the run game. He's he's very physical. He's been aggressive. He's uh, He's been molded down there by some of the OGs like Calais Campbell, Mark and Marcel Darius, Dante Jackson, guys of those nature. So he's definitely uh, uh, filling in some big shoes, and he's made things happen ever since he's coming to the league. So I think he's definitely high on my list. I think also and I'm going to go to another defensive lineman, Chris Jones. Yes. Chris Jones, the yes. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, He's holding. He's holding out. He he deserves to get paid. I mean, this is a brother that, on his fourth on the on his on the fourth year of his deal, is, is said to get paid one point two million dollars. That's not enough for somebody that that had fifteen and a half. That's unbelievable, Mike. He had fifteen. He led. He was third in the third in the league and in fifteen and a half sacks last season. And he he deserves to get way more money than that. He's proven that he's much bigger and and better than the rookie contract that he's on right now. And he deserves to get his money. And uh, I know Kansas City uh, just. It's set. It's set to try to try and pay. It's set to try and pay Patrick Mahomes next year. But they need to go ahead and lock down Chris Jones now. I think Yannick Ngakwe and and Chris Jones would be my two. Yannick Ngakwe because I think I think he's more so than Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey, you know, he has he's eligible to be playing through his fifth year option in twenty twenty next season. Right. You know, he was a first round pick. Yannick Ngakwe wasn't in the first round, so he's on. He's still on. This is the last year of his rookie contract, so he's more of a priority right now than Jalen Ramsey. But but I, I definitely would agree. Yannick Ngakwe and Chris Jones are like at the top of my list as far as players that deserve their money and deserve to get paid right now. 
Absolutely, no doubt, un- undoubtedly. I mean, Chris Jones, you think about 15 and a half sacks. He finished third last year in sacks. Again, for an interior lineman, that's that's remarkable, man. You're, that's Aaron Donald special. That is, you know, sap. Uh, uh, that's Fletcher Cox. You know what I'm saying? Some of the best interior linemen. I can't say Reggie White because Reggie White can play anywhere around the line. Right. But um, at the same time, when you talk about some of the interior linemen, that's that's just special, man. You know, Aaron Donald and Warren Sapp, like 15 and a half sacks. Uh, typically, you know, for an interior lineman, if you get eight or to eight and a half, you're good. Now, when you start getting to 11 and 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 you know up, that's like elite. That's like Hall of Fame enchilada. And that's where I think that, you know, Aaron Donald, as it stands right now, walking himself in the Hall of Fame uh, just because of how, what presence he has yep. as an interior lineman. And Chris Jones, only $1.2 million, that's blasphemous, man. That, that's, that's blasphemous. You know, they got to pay him in Kansas City for sure. Now, it's, it's kind of tough, Mike, because they just signed uh, Frank Clark from Seattle. Right. And they gave him right. a big-time big contract. So, it's going to be difficult. You can't pay everybody in the line of scrimmage. So yeah. uh, it, it's going to be difficult there. We know that Patrick Mahomes is set to make, I mean, bankroll money next year. We expect him to be the first $200 million man. But at the same time, I'm agreeing with you, Mike. Chris Jones got to get paid. In and, and Yannick Ngaku as well. You hit it right off the bat. Numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. His first three seasons, he's got 29 sacks. That's nine and a half per season i mean very productive very productive and, and and you know what's crazy mike this is what's interesting to me as well he's had nine and a half sacks as a rotational uh, yes uh, exactly exactly rotational uh sack sack guy obviously he was behind guys like malik jackson and fowler who's gone uh so obviously he'll get more playing time now but that was an interesting to me as a rotational player i find that very very special no doubt, no doubt. He's 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 been very consistent throughout his throughout his, his career. He's only been in the league for three years, but in these three years, he's had the, he's helped this Jaguars defense be one of the top defenses in the league each and every season. And you know, I I I I say this every single time when I talk about Yannick. I had the pleasure of playing with him in high school for two years, or when he was out here in D.C. And not only just a great football player, I think, but he's a great guy. You know, he's a great person. You know, he's one of those people that will always look out for you. And he, and he deserves this. He deserves his money. He deserves to get paid. He's worked hard for this. He's worked from the ground up from high school all the way to the University of Maryland, all the way to where he is now. He's earned this the right way, and he deserves to get paid. And I'm happy for him, and I, I can't wait to see him get paid. Because I know if he doesn't get paid with Jacksonville, he's going to get paid by somebody else. Oh, sure. indeed. Yes, indeed he is. Definitely a weapon on third down and third down and longs. A nightmare for opposing quarterbacks to deal with with Yannick Ngakwe's speed on the outside around the edge. Um, Mike, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, you people look at me, well, duh. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, of course, you, you got to pay him. But it, it goes more than just football. Obviously, like, you know, he's, he's um, character and, and behavior is an issue. Off the field issues a problem. But Mike, I mean, what this brother's done in his first three seasons, it's it's unprecedented. Two of his first three seasons, he's led the league in rushing. That being his rookie season and last year. Now, uh, you know, in the, the year before that, obviously he cost Dallas a lot of time because he got suspended and, you know, for off-field issues. But on the field, I mean, this guy's been productive. And, of course, it helps, you know, when you have guys like Tyrone, uh, you know, Tyrone Crawford as a left tackle and, and 
and Fredericks on that line and just Lael Collins. Remember him? You know, he had off field mm-hmm. issues at LSU too. So that, that line really helps out as well. Zach Martin, an elite pro bowl, you know, left tackle. And so it helps to have a guy like Izuka Elliott as your runner as well. But just you have to think the Dallas offense is built around Ezekiel Elliott. You know what Scott Linehan likes to do before he got left. They they got a new offensive coordinator, and I will see how he pans pans out. But what they did is they did a lot of uh, play action and a lot of bootleg action with uh, using the tools that Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott has in the pistol formation. And of course, he can play, you know, under 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 center as well. And so Ezekiel Elliott, to me, knowing that that offense is built around him, he deserves his money. And you know, it, it's enough said right he's two out of his first three seasons he's led the league in rushing and he's won the rushing title so that alone to me deserves his money and and typically you know jerry jones pays these guys he's paid troy Aikman back in the days he used to pay michael irving although he didn't pay emmett smith which was kind of mind-blowing to me but i i do think he has a track record of paying these guys tony romo uh and others and so i think that Ezekiel Elliott's time will come to get paid for him as well. And another guy is Julio Jones. I mean, Mike, Julio Jones is arguably the best receiver in the game. When you talk about the combination of size at that frame at like 230 and then the combination of speed running a 4-3, I mean, my goodness, like, Maybe Randy Moss, maybe Megatron. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of others. I mean, and, and the thing that I like about him, Mike, is I don't know if you see this as well. His demeanor. He's all business. No nonsense. He shows yeah. up. He shows up. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he He's a work. He's a dog. Um, Arthur Blank, who's actually the owner of the Falcons, have promised him that they'll pay him. And, and, and I like how, how Julio Jones is faceless. Obviously, he's not holding out. He's saying that his agent and Arthur Blank has promised him that he's going to get paid. And so I like how he's handled this situation. But, you know, if, if he were to change his mind, Mike, and hold out, I would. And obviously we know what he, his talents and what he can do on the field. No doubt. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Julio Jones, he's not, um, apparently he is reporting the training camp, like you said, and you know, I, he deserves his money. Of course he's, he's easily one of the top two, or three receivers in the, in football, and it's it's religiously been like that for the last few years. And he can do it all. He has the size, the speed, the hands, the quickness, the you know the ability, everything. He has everything you want in a in a receiver and a football player. And off the field, he's he's that good of a person where you can trust him and you can you can trust that you know he's not going to jeopardize your brand. He's going to be a good face for your brand. So you're absolutely right. Julio Jones deserves his money, and I fully expect him to get it. Atlanta Atlanta knows the significance of a Julio Jones, and I, I fully expect him to get his money. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I, I mean, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> but, uh, uh, nah, nah, I don't see him leaving Atlanta. I, I think all. that Atlanta has embraced him as well. He's he's done a lot for the community outside of football, uh, in the community, whether, where he's helping with the kids. He's an brand ambassador for Play 60 for the NFL. So just outside of football and all. Julio Jones, again, he is the true definition of a franchise player. And and Atlanta knows that they 
need to pay him. And I, I, I'm big on them this year as well. I, I, I think that they have the weapons back and healthy to really make some noise in the NFC South and potentially in the NFC uh, conference as well there. Um, I, 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 let's, let's, let's shift gears here, Mike. Um, let's talk about as in overall teams, you know, um, some teams last year didn't have great off seasons, players holding out or whatever. Tell me a couple of teams that has Super Bowl aspirations that you think that this training camp will actually help them moving on forward. This. Say the last part of your question one more time. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, any team that you think that's going to help coming having a full off season to work with in training camp, that's going to translate to the regular season. I I think I think one of those teams is. I don't, I don't really see them being a championship contender, but I see them being much better than they were last year. And that's the Detroit Lions. I oh. think the fact that I think the fact that Damian, Damon Harris, Damon Snacks Harrison came to the uh, uh, came to the Detroit Lions last season um, through a trade. See, he got to play a few games with Detroit, but didn't really get to get a chance to mess with the team and get a get a feel for their system and how they do things on that side. And you know, he had a he had a good a fee finish the season fine, but it wasn't, you know, the, the the Damon Harrison that we know all know and love that we saw with the Giants and with the Jets. Now he gets a full offseason with this team. He gets a full training camp with them, a full mini camp. Yes, he's holding out because he wants his money, but he's still around the organization. He's still with that team. And he he's he had a chance to study study the playbook and study uh, the defensive schemes and that, things of that nature. And I'm telling you, Damon Harrison can be a difference maker for this Detroit Lions team because he he's the best run stopper in football. He's him and him himself as a defensive tackle is better than most defensive uh, linemen, defensive uh, uh, D lineman, D line, and uh, as a team total in the league, just by him alone, he can stop the run. That he's that efficient against the run. Um, he's getting he's getting better and better each year at the at a pass rush, and I think he's a he a big difference maker for that defense. Uh, along with a few other weapons they have, you know, with like Darius Slay and others, uh, Tavon Wilson and Jalen Tabor in the backfield, they they have they have big time players, and Damon Wilson can be that X factor for that defense that could possibly put them over the hump this year. I, I, you know what? That's actually a great uh, a great take there because when we think about Detroit, obviously they they've always had great pass rushers, Ziggy Ansah, yeah, uh, Haloti Nada, and that's a comparison that I was going to bring up. You want to talk about Snacks Harrison? I mean. That's a fridge. That yeah. you can't really move that guy. You really can't move him. You just can hope that he doesn't wrap you around his arms. Right. Uh, that's how good of a run stopper he is, and, and he's excellent at shedding blocks. And so, um, that's what makes him very effective in a run game. Uh, so that uh, guys that came into my mind when you thought about that is Haloti Nada, those great years in Baltimore. Gotcha. Obviously, Ed Reed and and Ray Lewis got a lot of the you know. Uh, uh, spotlight on them, but what Haloti Nada did is in the run game was unbelievable, and and Damata Pecco too, yes. the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Those guys are they they're undervalued because you know they're not the sexy guy or, or they're not the sexy pick that we all talk about, but they are absolutely significant in what they do for their teams, and I get that same type of production when I think about Snacks Harrison, and, and, and so with, with Detroit. You know, they, they come this season and their problem has always been a pass rush and a guy that can stop the stop the run. And so yeah. now they finally get that guy, Ziggy Ons is back. 
and and you talk about the young guys that they got Darius Slay already a known commodity yep. and also Tez Tabor uh from Florida Gators my Florida Gators actually <laughs> here in the Central Florida area and so yeah. potentially who knows this might be a sneaky team that nobody's talking about so that's an excellent pick for Detroit um definitely a team to keep an eye out for I'm gonna go with the team that you're high on this year Mike I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz because when Carson Wentz went, came last year you know it was it felt different you know before he got hurt people were saying like is this the next you know big thing at the quarterback position i mean he could run he's dynamic he could make every throw on third down i mean this his third down conversion percentage was through the roof and you know at that point leading up to his injury against the rams he was in mvp considerations and so when he came back it wasn't it wasn't the same i I really don't think that he was 100 percent and then Nick Foles went in the Super Bowl. You know, all the spotlight was on him. And, you know, he had the love for the city. And so you had to think that, okay, all right, well, uh, it, you know, a city like Philadelphia who's blue-collar and really tough, you know, they fell in love with Nick Foles. Well, are they losing love for <laughs> Carson Wentz? And so it, it was one of those girls, like, let's say, you know, you're on a date, right? You, you have a girl that you like, and then all of a sudden this girl is, is fireworks, you know, she, it's everything. They won the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the franchise's first ever Super Bowl. Obviously, they're going to embrace that guy. And then Carson Wentz, I, I don't think really, you know, reacquainted back with the faithful of the city of brotherly love. Well, now he has a chance. You know, he has a full offseason. He gets to work with guys like speedsters like Deshaun Jackson, who loves, we all know he loves uh, the city of Philadelphia. And then a full year with Alshon Jeffries a full year with uh, Nelson Aguilar. And then you got um, Jordan Howard from the Chicago Bears. And so you're big on them. And, and they've got skill, position, talent all across the board. I think when you talk about Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, that's probably one of the most dynamic red zone tandems in, in all of the NFL. And so I think Carson Wentz, to me, this is going to benefit him the most coming into having a full offseason training camp. And, 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 of course, that relation with Doug Peterson on that offense is explosive as well. I agree because I feel I feel where you're coming from because you're absolutely right. Carson Wentz, you know, this is the first time he's actually been healthy since the last time he tore his ACL. And and for him, you know, last year he kind of got rushed into the lineup and they wanted to see where he was at. And he didn't look himself. He didn't look like the MVP caliber quarterback that we saw the year before. And also he got hurt again last year. So <laughs> you're absolutely right. He hasn't been able to ingratiate himself with the city of brotherly love ever since Nick Foles brought, brought them a title. And it, it's kind of had a little funny feeling right there. It's, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't really think Philadelphia knows how they feel about Carson, how to feel about Carson Wentz right now, because on one hand, he's had an, he had an MVP caliber season the last time we saw him in full strength. But on the other hand, he's been, that was a year and a half, almost two years ago. So it's right, like, right. They're, they're, they're caught in a bind right now. But if he comes, if he comes out and has a great season this year, all can be lost and all can be forgotten. And, we, we can definitely we can definitely move on and he, his name can, can get back up and they can get back on the uh, Wentz bandwagon. Of course, they they call him Wentzylvania. Actually, <laughs> already having a nickname out there in uh, Philadelphia. I, I got a quick question for you since we're talking about Philadelphia here. Sure. How do how how do you feel with the faithful and the departure of Nick Foles? Um, I, you know, Nick Foles. They they can. <laughs> he's got a nickname as well, Saint Nick. You know, yeah. They, he's got them their first ever. Uh, Super Bowl in franchise history and 
that alone is in Philadelphia lore. And yeah. so with the departure of, of Nick Foles, how do the city of Philadelphia now move on forward from that and, and get back reacquainting themselves with Carson Wentz? Well, they had to understand the situation that was in Philadelphia. You had two franchise quarterbacks that could, that could, that could lead you to the promised land. You had a Carson Wentz that, you know, he, he possibly could have led them there if he didn't get hurt this first season. But then Nick Foles, who's been a starter in, in the league for some years now, hey, was able to come in and handle his business and fall right in. You know, it, it's not, it's not, it's like, when Carson Wentz was in, you know, I guess we heard from Doug Peterson saying that things got a little bit more complicated with the play calling. When it came to Nick Foles, everything was simplified. It was, right. it, the ball was spread around more, you know. You know, last year when we saw Carson Wentz, his favorite target was Zach Ertz. You right. know, like he, he loved throwing to Zach Ertz. It was one of his key targets. But when it came to when – when it came, and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar numbers were, were derailing. But when it came to Nick Foles, Nick Foles would like to spread the ball to the outside. Oh, yeah, he's got that vertical Jeffrey. threat, right? Yeah, he was getting the ball to Alshon Jeffrey and those guys and getting them numbers. And his numbers started to rise, but Zach Ertz's numbers started to drop a little bit because the tight ends weren't getting as many catches as, as they were with Carson Wentz. So it's, it's all about finding that balance. It was, it, was, it was a special duo that they had together. They had two franchise quarterbacks, and they had to go with one. And they, they went with the one that they, they chose to draft that they molded from their rookie year into the second year. They saw the leap that he made, and they saw the, they know that he can be a franchise quarterback assuming his health, as long as he can stay healthy. And uh, we've only had a, a, a really a two-year window of him continuously getting hurt after his rookie year. But I think Philadelphia understands that they have a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. They, they understand the moment that they, they respect and appreciate what Nick Foles was able to give to them, but they understand that Nick Foles wasn't able to give that to them in a the full season. Carson Wentz will give this to them in the full season for years and years to come. And Carson Wentz was the, was the, was the player that the Eagles decided to go uh, move on with. And from, every, from all the Eagle fans that I know, they all love Carson Wentz. You know, they love him. They love, they love what he brings to the table. Obviously, they love Nick Foles, but it's not like, you know, they're mad that Nick Foles is gone and we still stuck with Carson Wentz. <laughs> you know, you drop Nick Foles to, for, for, for a guy as, as athletic and as – as capable as Carson Wentz. So I think Philadelphia will embrace him. I think, it, to be honest with you, Sebi, it's the offseason. I don't really think it's anything Carson Wentz can do to get the Philadelphia faithful on his side until the season starts, until wins start to pile up. Because, you know, Philly, that's a hard crowd. Oh, yeah. You start yeah. losing. You yes. start losing. They'll let you know about it. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. But once you're winning, they love you and they'll praise you and they'll give you the praise that you deserve. So right. I think uh, it'll, it'll all come with time. It's just going to come with time and wins. Yeah. Uh, when you start winning, they'll build you, build you a statue and yep. give you free Phillies cheesesteaks forever. <laughs> Lifetime <Yep>. supply. <laughs> yep. For sure. Uh, definitely the jury's on Carson Wentz after getting that max extension there. As well, another guy that that came up to my mind, uh, Mike, is also Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, he got hurt, um, and you know, obviously, he wasn't the same. But I, I think that you know, coming back, and I'm big on the 49ers this year. I think that they're one of the very sleeper teams. Good point. In in, in the NFC, yep. uh, you got the 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 Olympic speed guy, and you know, Marquise Goodwin, and then. Um, you know, you've got George Kittle. When you listen, oh, this this brother right there is special, Mike. Yeah, I don't know if you really, really got a chance to watch George Kittle. He's out there in the West Coast. We're here in the East Coast. We don't really get to see a lot of Bay Area uh, sports, but George Kittle. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of 
what Aaron Hernandez was with the New England Patriots. Because when Aaron Hernandez came in the league, I didn't understand what he was. You know, even watching him, him in college in Florida, you know, I didn't know if he was a, a, a receiver. And then people were telling me, no, he's a receiver. I'm like, he's a receiver. Look at him. He's two, two bag of chips away from being a tight end. And then when he got into the league, just the way that New England can morph into their offense and be, you know, a different team every weekend. And they utilize Aaron Hernandez in the backfield. They utilize him as a receiver in the slot, uh, as a typical and traditional tight end. And that's what made him special because of how, like, quick and fast he was. I've never seen a tight end that fast. And so you had Gronk on one side on him. I mean, the league was just in trouble. Like, there was no way to guard them. Obviously, you know, it was unfortunate what happened to him uh, being the downfall of his career. But I get that same vibe from George Kittle. I mean, this guy is his jump off the line and how fast he is. It's just unbelievable. He's too fast for linebackers. Uh, That's just a mismatch. And he's too big for corners and, and DBs. And so I asked myself, maybe he might just be one of these guys like Travis Kelsey and, and Zach Ertz, you know, one of these just mismatch problems in the middle of the field and vertically. And so um, I think that rapport with Jimmy Caroppolo and George Kittle with a full off season under Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, we, we know how good his father was in Denver. Kyle Shanahan is an excellent play caller, Mike. And yep. so with, 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 with the, having an off season, to have Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, and George Kittle, I think that spells a lot of success for the Niners moving on forward this season. It, abs- it absolutely does, man. The, the 49ers are one of my sleepers. He was with New England. Uh, I, I think New England will soon regret letting him go, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Jimmy G is the real deal. And uh, it sucked watching them get hurt this last year because I wanted to see him play. But you're right. That year of sitting out, getting ingratiated with the offense under Kyle Shanahan, who's very, who's a very creative play caller. Yes, he Ab- is. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he has he has some solid weapons to work with. And I think Matt Ryan was MVP work. under him. Right. Absolutely. I, I think I think he'll really make things work and make things blossom. So you're absolutely right. Jimmy G getting that year under his belt of not playing, not getting playing reps, but getting mental reps. The, the, that's major. So I, I like that. I, li- I like that with Jimmy G for sure. Definitely there. Uh, a lot of action going on and a lot of things moving on forward here in training camp for all of these teams in the NFL. But when we come back, this is my favorite time because we put Michael Gray under the spotlight. <laughs> we get all of his picks. Rookie of the year. League MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. We get all the answers and questions because Michael Gray is under the hot seat. <laughs> You're listening to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Awards to the biggest award of them all. I want to hear from you, your Executive of the Year this season. Whew. Executive of the year would definitely go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I would give it to them because this organization and what they've done over the years. Stevie, we gotta give it to Kansas City because you know they they they've 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 been uh they they've been through some adversity. They've they've definitely been through some adversity over the years and not only have they been through some adversity on the field but off the field as well with some you know the 
the Javon Belcher situation and, you know, the, the, there's a couple other situations. This Tyreek Tyree Hill situation right. going on right now. You know, all these things that the executives uh, and the front office for the Kansas City Chiefs have had to go through uh, year after year after year. And, you know, we see, we, see, we see what they are now, you know, drafting a Patrick Mahomes, getting a Kareem Hunt at the time, uh, Tyreek Hill getting drafted. You know, most of these players acquiring a Sammy Watkins. You know, the, these players that they have, drafting a Chris Jones, uh, getting a, Ty, a Tyron Matthew. You know, th- they continue to make big steps out of big steps. And, they, and, and this, is, this could possibly be the year that they put it all together with this team and how far they can go. They could. I, I love what he's done with Andy Reid. They, I love the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have continued to keep faith in Andy Reid because Andy Reid really is a great coach, and he's knocking on the door year after year after year. He's always in a winning situation. We just got to see him get over the hump, and I think it would be rewarding if Andy Reid and this Kansas City Chiefs team was able to get over the hump and make things happen this year because they truly deserve it with the, the pieces that they've had, the adversity that they've had to go through on and off the field over the years. I would, I would roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, that's indirect shade for the listeners here. Mike is picking the Kansas City Chiefs to come out the AFC. That's why he's the executive of the year. <laughs> that's what I'm understanding. Nevertheless, uh, from executive of the year, we go to your coach of the year this season. My coach of the year this season would have to be. Hey, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? I'm just going. Uh, this is my this is my most underrated coach this year, and he's the most motivated coach in the off season. My coach of the year is going to be Mike Tomlin. Wow. Mike That's Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. There's not a more motivated coach in the NFL this season than Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin didn't have the best year last year as far as managing egos on that football team. Um, he let a lot, a lot of things go under the rug that shouldn't have. And I think he's going to come back with a vengeance this year. I think he understands the moment. I don't feel like he's on the hot seat because this is a coach that's been consistent year after year after year, continuously putting the Steelers in winning situations. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel personally that he's on the hot seat, but I think he recognizes that he needs to uplift his own standards and he needs to continue to strive and continue to get better year after year and get this team into the playoffs because this roster and this team is too talented not to be in the playoffs, even despite Antonio Brown not being there. So I, I, I would go with Mike Tomlin. I believe in him. If there was ever, if I was an NFL player and there was ever a coach I had to choose, I could choose to want to play for in the NFL, I hands down would pick Mike Tomlin all day, every day. That's how good of a coach he is, and he's he a is. player coach. He's that good of a football coach, and he's he's got stability over there with that Steelers organization. The Rooneys have loved him over the years, and I think Mike Tomlin will show out and show up and show out this year from the coaching perspective. No one has more. Only two coaches in Pittsburgh lore has more. Uh, wins as a coach than Mike Tomlin as the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the great Chuck Noll, of course, who won four titles in the 70s, and Bill Cowher with the bus, Jerome Bettis, and that team, and a, actually a rookie, Big Ben Roethlisberger. So yeah. uh, no more, no coaches have more wins than Mike Tomlin. Two Super Bowl appearances, one win, definitely a great players coach as well, and they love him. Definitely in a hot seat. Uh, that's, a, that's a great pick there, picking the Pittsburgh Steelers as their, his coach of the year. And from coaches and, and executives, we go to teams now. We start with the rookies. Your rookie of the year. Hmm. Now, this was a tough pick, Subby. I wanted to go with Kyler Murray. I really do, because 
I feel like he's an X-Factor. He's a winner. He's somebody that can galvanize the troops and get that franchise turned around. I'm leaning towards Kyler Murray. The only question, the only, the only knock I have against Kyler Murray is the weapons that he has out there in Arizona. I don't know if he has the weapons enough to, to get him that rookie of the year, but him alone can put them over the hump. But if I had to choose somebody, I'm going to go with Dwayne Haskins. Wow. Dwayne Haskins, if he ends up being the starter this season, he's he's legitimately can 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 shatter numbers and be one of the best quarterbacks in the league next year. Sebi, I want I want to bring something to your attention that was brought to my attention. And, and Mike, he's a motivated player as well. Oh my goodness, dropping he, to fifteenth, dropping right. to fifteenth when he when he easily could have been a top five, top ten pick. He he definitely is motivated. And I want to bring something to your attention, Sebi, that was just brought to my attention today from a from a former uh, University of Maryland player. One of the safeties that for the uh, University of Maryland uh, told me that when they played Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins made every play call from the line of scrimmage and torched them. Remember, he scored he scored like over fifty something points that game, and they they ended up winning. But once he got adjusted and figured out that defense, he made every single play call from the line of scrimmage and torched them and torched them and just found all the right matchups, made all the right reads. I think Dwayne Haskins is more quarterback and NFL pro ready than people are giving him credit for. I, I think it's a high possibility that he can be the the starter for the Washington Redskins come week one. And if that happens, even if he doesn't start week one, I think when, if whenever he does get ingratiated into the starting lineup, he can really make things happen and he could bolster, bolster onto, this, onto the scene because he's that special of a quarterback and he's that type of leader that can galvanize the troops and make things happen. I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. Wow, that's 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 a great pick, Mike. And, and I watched a lot of Big Ten uh, games last year, and you know, Dwayne Haskins he broke every Big Ten freshman uh, uh, stat, every Big Ten freshman, you know, st- statistic that you can think of. He shattered them. He shattered Drew Brees' Purdue records. He he yeah. shattered Tom Brady's Michigan records. I mean, fifty touchdowns to eight interceptions for a freshman. That's yep. That's unbelievable, and and under Urban Meyer, we've seen a lot of great, uh, a lot of great quarterbacks do well under Urban Meyer's system. And so, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins is definitely a guy that 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 can definitely win win this award. And not only that, Mike, you made some great points because I think his greatest asset is his accuracy. Yes, you know, and and, and he's he's a he's a much better thrower than how mobile he is, and I think. If you can throw in this league, that that pays that pays a lot for you to have a lot of success. So, wow, that's a little curveball there, Dwayne Haskins, Mike's rookie of the year. Now, this one is a is a little bit hard, Mike. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see your pick on this one. Defensive player of the year. You got Devin Bush. You got uh, Nick Bosa. Defensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. Okay, right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year. This is a little bit tough because. Yeah, Nick Bosa. Some people say he's better than his brother Joey. I find that interesting, but I'm excited I, I've to heard, see. I've heard that you got way. you got the greedy man and greedy Williams who yeah. who fell late. Uh, you've got guys like um, you know Ed Oliver in Buffalo, uh, you know who's a star in Houston in college. So this one, there's a lot of nominees here. I'm interested to see who's your defensive rookie of the year. Oh, this was tough, Sebby, because I wanted to go with this out of LSU that just got drafted by the Cleveland Browns and greedy Williams. I really wanted to go with him because he's that special. And I know the Cleveland Browns, they've already respected. Uh, Denzel Ward has already galvanized some respect from the NFL, from NFL quarterbacks around the league. 
You know, yes, as with the rookie year that he had. They're so not going to throw on his side, Mike. They won't right. throw at his side. I, I, so they're going to throw at the other side. They're going to throw at Greedy. Greedy Williams is going to get a lot of opportunities this season, and that he's that type of playmaker where I feel like he can make a lot of different plays. I, it's a, it's a tosser. I don't want to go with Greedy because it's so hard for a cornerback to win defensive player of the year. It's so hard right. for them to make it happen. But I, I have to lean towards Devin Bush for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, that's a great one. This this brother is so athletic. This brother is so special. I mean, Devin Bush can do it all. He's He can cover from sideline to sideline. His footwork and technique is, is out of this world. He can fill and run support. His blitz packaging is amazing. Uh, his 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 uh, awareness for the ball and where it is in, in flight. I mean, absolutely and sensational. This guy, can he's so athletic. He can play almost any position at, for, at the linebacker spot. And if, if, he had some, if he had a little bit more height with his speed, how he can play, he, he can play safety as well if he, if he probably could. That's how athletic and special this brother is. I think he's going to be a big-time difference maker for this Steelers defense. I think he can be Ryan Shazier 2.0. That's how special he can be. And I think his rookie year, he, obviously, he's going to have to get bigger. But he's a, he's a, great, he's a great tackler. He, he's great in coverage. And I think his interceptions uh, are going to be key this year. And I think his, his, uh, his job in run support is going to be key as well. I like Devin Bush to, to potentially win this rookie of the year this year. When you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you think about great defense, the Steel Curtain, Franco Harris, and, and, and the rest of them. You know, guys like Lawrence Timmons, Lamar Woodley. You know, you need. Yep. Joey, Joey Porter. And also that can cover. And that's something that the Pittsburgh done a great job. And that's uh taking linebackers and 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 that's a great pick, Mike, because the the best trait about Devin Bush, and he he's from Florida, he's a Florida guy here. He played right. his high school ball down here in, in South Florida. The best traits is his instincts and his motor. I yeah. mean, this guy can run from sideline to sideline and how the NFL game has changed from a lot of skill position players to spread offenses to, uh, you know, offenses uh, throwing left and right and you know, having running backs, you know, mismatch with linebackers in space. You got to be able to cover in space, especially with these shifty linebacker, shifty running backs and, and shifty tight ends. You know, they and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers traded up to get this guy. And what a, what a reward that would be if he won defensive Rookie of the oh, year, it sure will be. It sure will be a great reward, and you know the Steelers have had, like you said, we've, they've had a history over the years, especially since I've been watching them, uh, and even before of having great linebackers and great linebackers that helped them win championships. You know, you had Joey Porter back there in 2006, uh, and, and guys of that nature that were on that team to help them win that championship against Seattle. You had James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, and right. uh, 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 Farrier, and guys like that that were on that team to help them win back in 2009. So. This this team this this these Steelers have a knack for getting big time linebackers, and I think Devin Bush is, can be the next best linebacker, the next great linebacker to come out of Pittsburgh. No doubt, Shazier and Devin Bush. I'm I'm already stamping it. The fastest linebacking duo in the NFL uh, <laughs> there uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So from rookies to try to make a name for themselves to guys that are already known, we go to the known commodities in the NFL. Gotcha. We're going to start off with the passing title. Uh, uh, and quarterbacks that you just – just an air-rated offense, a guy that you, you think that's just going to lit up the numbers this season. I got to go with Patrick Mahomes. I have to. I, I, when I, when I want to go with somebody else, I have to go with Patrick Mahomes just because of the weapons he's afforded, because of the, the, the threat 
the threat of the offensive line that, that he has and just, just because I know the type of player that he is and I think he's going to have a great sophomore season. I don't see him score, uh, throwing 50 touchdowns like he did in his in last year, but I do see see him lighten up yards as far as yards are concerned and lighten up uh, uh, touchdowns and putting up huge, crazy numbers similar to what he did last year. Not quite 50, but close. And I, I see Patrick Mahomes taking that title home. Patrick Mahomes, just a video game and, and fun <laughs> to watch for sure. Patrick Mahomes and the reigning, actually the reigning NFL MVP. Right. We're definitely ready to see what he does as an encore. <clears throat> Mike's passing title winner there. Uh, for the rushing title this season, uh, any guy that think that will make his name? I'm biased, Sebi. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I'm biased, Sebi. Mike, I, that was but, my pick. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going with Saquon. Not only because, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a big time Giants fan, but Saquon Barkley did his thing last year, and, and he was so special. He was so special that. You know, I kind of feared when Odell went out and uh, got traded to the Browns, I kind of feared that his numbers were going to deteriorate because, of you know, I, I feel like at first a lot of the reasons why he had such a great season he did was because a lot of attention was was towards Odell. And Saquon right. was able to, you know, maximize on his opportunities and make things happen. But he's such a special player that, you know, I don't care if you put eight men in the box. One, one guy is not bringing him down. It takes a, a, a collective effort. And I think he's not only going to be a threat in the rushing game, but he's also going to be a threat in the passing game as well, you know, with what he can do. Rushing the football, I think, you know, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. I think the New York Giants are going to heavily rely on him, getting him the football, getting him at least 20 to 25 carries a game and, and, making, make, and, give, and making him the work, workforce and workload of our offense. And that'll set up all the other, all the other pieces that we have. But I, I'm definitely going with Saquon Barkley because, you know, he's a special player. And I, I, I think the NFL is just – gotten a glimpse of what he can do on the field. Saquon Barkley, the Black Stallion, that's what I like to call him. That's a true workhorse right there. Yep. A, a little uh, a, a little uh, <laughs> news for the for the listeners here. That was my pick as well for the rushing title this season. Um, the guy that stands out to you that's going to have the most receiving yards. This one is a little bit tricky. It could be anybody. Yeah. But who do you think will that end up being? I think it'll end up being DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins will have the most receiving yards. I think, I think, I think, I think he because the thing with the thing about the other receivers, Julio Jones, he will get double teamed a lot, and Calvin really will get a lot of touches. When it comes to when it comes to Antonio Brown, he's out there in Oakland. Yes, he's out there. You know, he doesn't have another receiver out there to worry about touching. But I think, I think the fact that he's not in Pittsburgh anymore would deteriorate some of his numbers that he's used to used to carry, used to getting you know a hundred over hundred twenty something catches. 1,500 right. yards, and so I think those numbers drop a, a little bit. I, think, I still think he's over a 1,000-yard receiver, but I don't think he has the numbers that he put up in Pittsburgh. Odell Beckham Jr., he, as, as great of a season that he can have, I think the fact that he has a Jarvis Landry on his team, a David Njoku, you know, guys like that that, that have to get the ball as well, I think that that's going to take away from some of his numbers that he can get. You know, so I, I would lean towards a DeAndre Hopkins who – doesn't have another superstar receiver with him. You know, you have Will Fuller, Will Fuller there, who's a very tremendous receiver and can make things happen. But DeAndre, we all know, DeAndre Hopkins is the focal point of that offense. He's Deshaun Watson's number one threat, number one target, and he looks for him even in pressure situations, for jump ball situations when he can't find anybody. Just throw it up to DeAndre Hopkins. They don't find a way to make a play. I think DeAndre Hopkins sets the tone. For the receivers this year, I think he sets it early in the season. He continues it throughout the season. I think he leads the league in, in, in receiving yards this season. 
wow, this guy must have been copying my picks because that was my exact, <laughs> that was my exact uh, player that I picked as well. DeAndre Hopkins leading this, the, the, the league in receiving yards this season. A guy in receptions. Now, this is a guy that – this is a little bit tricky too. It has to be a guy that, you know, that is a positionless receiver. It could also be a tight end as well. You know, those get undervalued too. Uh, who do you think is going to lead the league in reception this season? Receptions, wow! I gotta, I gotta give, I gotta give that to. Um, I, I, if, if I had to pick, pick somebody in receptions, I might give that to. Uh, I might give that to Julio Jones. I might, I might give it to Julio Jones because I think Julio will have a. Uh, I don't think he had as many receptions as he may have wanted, and obviously saying that you know he wants to get paid, I, I'm sure he'll get paid before the season starts. But I think Julio Jones will, you know, get plenty of touches. I think Matt Ryan understands that he needs to look towards him more. And Matt Ryan will give him the football. I think he will average nine to ten catches a game. Right, right. The problem with, with Julio Jones last year, he had those nine to ten catches, but only only four touchdowns. Right. A total last season. Definitely gonna be a big, big, big thing in the red zone to get number eleven the football this season if they want to be special down there in Atlanta. For sure. Um for for sure. Uh this one is is quite tough as well. Receiving touchdowns. Um, this is this can go anywhere as well. The guy that's going to lead the league in receiving touchdowns. Lead the league in receiving touchdowns. I'm going to lean. I'm going to lean towards. I'm going to lean towards that guy out there in Oakland. I'm going to lean towards Antonio Brown. He took my pick again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lean towards Antonio Brown because, you know, all the reasons why I said I think his numbers will deteriorate from Pittsburgh. Those are all the more reasons why I feel like he will get a lot of touchdowns this year because Derek Carr is already building a, a big-time rapport with him in the offseason, getting the, you know getting their their continuity on the same page and making sure everything's on the up before the season starts. And he's making sure everything's right. And I like what I'm seeing from 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 them, and I think Derek Carr understands that in order for them, to, in order for the Oakland Raiders to be successful, you have to get the ball to Antonio Brown. And I think he'll make sure that Antonio Brown gets the ball in the red zone I think he'll make sure that Antonio Ball, Antonio Brown gets the ball where, where he's in, in space in order to, to make plays and big plays down the field. And I like him getting in the end zone more than everybody else in the uh, NFL this season. Definitely there, Antonio Brown. Uh, like I said, only, you know, <laughs> it's funny. Only Jerry Rice has the production that he's done. In right. the last five seasons, Mike, almost 12 receiving touchdowns. Yep. That's, 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 that's unbelievable. So, I expect them to get uh, that and maybe then some there. And so from skill position players, we go to back the prominent awards here. We're going to go with you with your um, defensive player of the year. My defensive player of the year, I'm going with Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, is ferocious. He's he's tenacious. He's aggressive. He's great in run support. He's a, even elite a pass rusher. And one thing he doesn't get enough credit for is his hand speed. His hand speed is through the roof. One of the best we've ever seen. I mean, Absolutely. this is all world hand speed we have right here. I mean, the fact that the way he can just get offensive guards and, and centers off of him with the blink of an eye and just get in the backfield in one to two seconds. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to watch. And I, I love watching him play. I think he's one of the best. He's easily the best defensive tackle in football. Might be the best defensive lineman in football. And when it's all said and done, like you said, he's just – he's continued to add to his resume. He's a – the way he, he keeps his pace up, he's a sure walk 
surefire walk to Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame. He's that special, and I think he's going to have a breakout season. There's not really much you can do with Aaron Donald. Double teams don't work. Triple teams really don't work. And you know not to put him on an island with somebody. I mean, it's, it's just one of those <laughs> You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. It's one of those situations where he's unguardable from the defensive tackle position. And those players are the most scary. And I'm going with Aaron Donald. I think he, he has the, the best chance to win defensive player of the year this year. Two guys resonate with me when you said that. Ray Lewis, um, anytime Ray says something, you listen, right? You know, arguably one of the best leaders I've ever seen in my lifetime. Right. Uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, what he did with with the U in Miami and also with the Baltimore Ravens, and he said that he's he's never seen anything like Aaron Donald, and I don't think either. I don't know what to compare him. He's not Warren Sapp. He's he's he's, he's better than Reggie White, but I don't know what to say. And, and Mike, you know what I see, and I'm gonna go with, with your 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 favorite team here. I get I get that Lawrence Taylor type of vibe mm-hmm. when I think of that dominant you know, I, vibe. That dominant vibe. Absolutely. When Lawrence Taylor played, oh my if you're an opposing player and you played on offense, oh you feared going <laughs> to the middle. If you're a slot receiver, you you knew you were gonna get, you know, the taste hit out of your mouth because back in those days a lot of hits were legal. Yep. So I get that same vibe that's when I that's Aaron Dottle. <laughs> and, and I mean the way that he just tosses offensive lines like Mag does is unbelievable. Jeff Saturday says he thinks he, he thinks he'll be the MVP this year. I personally think he's the best player in football. Yeah, and that's 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 a lot to say because there's a lot of great players. Yep. Um, but Aaron Donald, he's just special, and and we're excited to see what he does for an encore season, winning back to back titles as Defensive Player of the Year there as well. So, from Defensive Player of the Year, we go to Offensive Player of the Year. Who's gonna be the Offensive Player of the Year? A lot of inaccurate passes that we're just not accustomed to seeing from Aaron Rodgers. And I think he understands the moment. He understands what's going on now. He understands that now that Mike McCarthy is gone, all the pressure is on him now. Because if he doesn't perform, they're going to look at it and say, well, maybe it wasn't Mike McCarthy's fault. Maybe it was Aaron Rodgers' fault the entire time. You know, why we couldn't get to the promised land. So he understands that he understands the importance of, you know, uh, making sure that the, he, he dominates this year and he has a great season. And he does whatever he can to make sure this team gets to the uh, gets to the gets to the Super Bowl and possibly gets another title. So I'm gonna lean towards Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, there. Would you believe this, Mike? Back to back seasons, the Green Bay Packers under Aaron Rodgers have finished third in that division. Would you believe that? Yeah. And yeah. one can argue that he may be under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of pressure. Aaron Rodgers, Mike's Offensive Player of the Year, definitely there. And then the biggest of them all, the 2020. National Football League MVP will be who? This is going to surprise you, Sebi. This is really going to surprise you. I'm going to lean to, I'm going with Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck. Mike, that was my pick. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I guess great minds think alike, huh? Great minds think alike. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Andrew Luck, man, because the year that I don't, I think I really don't, I, I really don't think certain, certain people paid attention to how great of a season Andrew Luck was having after they got off to that slow start. After they got off to that one and four start, I mean, this team was just on a tear. Now, not only were they winning, but it, but Andrew Luck was dominating the league. You know, he had almost 40 touchdowns, had, uh, you know, a, a low a low interception number, had almost 5,000 passing yards. Uh, it was it was special to watch, man. And he, it seemed, it's, it's almost like we, we saw him start to come into his own. 
as a quarterback and understand the moment, understand where this team is headed. This Indianapolis Colts team from top to bottom, if you look around the roster, is a good enough roster to get to the promised land. This Indianapolis Colts team, I said it last year and I'm going to say it for this year, they go as far as Andrew Luck will take them. They can, they're, they're good enough. Andrew Luck is good enough to get this team all the way to the Super Bowl. He's that good. You know, he got him to the uh, AFC Championship against New England a couple of years ago. You know, they, they fell short, but that just shows you the potential that he has and that they have on this team and how much faith they believe in him. Andrew Luck is no joke. I think he will capitalize off of what he, off of what he uh, did the, the latter part of the season last year. And he will ride that wave into this season. And I, th- I don't think he gets off to the slow start that he got off this year. I think he starts off great, finishes great. And by the end of the 2019-2020 uh, season, Andrew Luck will be our 2019 Kia MV- uh, NFL MVP. No doubt, no doubt. Last year, Mike, they started the season 1-5. And, and then they won yes. 10 of their next 11. That's including a playoff win as well yep. in Houston. The only team they lost to, Jacksonville Jaguars in, in, in Jacksonville, 6-0. to zero. So yeah. Andrew Luck was special last year. I- I'm asking myself, how did Detroit let Eric Ebron go? I mean, this guy had 13 receiving touchdowns, earned him Pro Bowl honors. He, he played down here in Orlando, and-, and that was all because of Andrew Luck. He built that special report. And then mm-hmm. there's no – one can argue Andrew Luck vertically downfield to T.Y. Hilton. That's probably one of the best, you know, quarterbacks to wide receiver duos as well. T.Y. Hilton, you want to talk about a guy that can take the top off the roof? That's that's he's that guy. He's that special as well. I think Andrew Luck will continue to be better. He'll put astronomical numbers this season. I, I expect at least forty plus TDs yes. from him, and I think that's gonna earn him MVP honors. And and Mike, you ready for this? I already think that he's one of the top five QBs in the NFL when healthy. Andrew Luck is as good as it gets. And I saw I saw a maturity with him last year. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that really li- li- look, liked to take hits. The one thing I, I never understood, him and Cam Newton, these guys are 250. They stand at six foot five and they think that they're big and tough and all. But when they start getting hits, they're like, yeah, you did a good job. You did a good hit. You know, last year, I see him, he started to get out of bounds. He started to slide a little more on third down conversions with his legs. And so I saw that maturity. I saw a leader in him as well. And I think all of those traits are going to translate to this season. I think they're not going to start one in five this season. Now they're going to get uh, the the season rolling really quick. And that pairing, that's underrated, Mike. That pairing, Andrew Luck and Frank Wright, that doesn't get a lot of recognition. People talk about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, uh, McVay and Goff. Andrew Luck and Frank Wright are as good as it gets as mm-hmm. well. Yep. And, and Andrew and Frank Wright is returning as the, you know, returning as the uh, coach of the year last year for the job that he did in his first season in Indianapolis. Andrew Luck, I expect big numbers with him as well. And those were Michael Gray's. And regular season awards this season and a lot of stuff to watch, a lot of things to excite. It's going to be funny if none of these things pan out, right? Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. I, 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 be hilarious. I always get funny. I always, always think it's funny. We, we start about these things and then, oh, really? Wow. You right. Serious? Like Matt Stafford was MVP. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, but one thing we know for sure, Michael Gray and myself, 
we're the MVPs in our own way. No doubt. Definitely there. And that was our show this afternoon here on the Sevi Podcast Show. And for myself and Michael Gray, 6.30 in the East Coast here in a gorgeous evening. We want to say so long for now. Inside the studios of WNSC. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the SEBI podcast show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, Population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, just want to be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low, so that means the money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to SEBI Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag SEBI Podcast Show, and I'll help you get lender credits, pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan